0: welcome back everyone to another edition of the collect and spec podcast the podcast all about the world of collectibles technology and entrepreneurship i am one of your hosts zakil otherwise known as merfolk magic online and with me as always is chris otherwise known as wolf of tin street
1: hello how's your week been going zakil it's
0: been going pretty well pretty well i'm excited for the guests that we have on this week before we get into that how's your week going
1: (laughs) Going all right, going all right. As always, working on twenty-seven different things, and may maybe finishing one of them.
0: Nice. Yep, I know that feeling very well. <laughs> I'll have you introduce this. I know this is this guest is someone that you have worked with several times before, and um, yeah, I think I'd be very interested. yeah go for it.
1: <laughs> so uh, this week we have on Zach. I don't know if you have any other tags that you want to go by here, but Zach is, I believe, the original creator and. Continued upkeep of MTG JSON, which is just a huge repository of magic cards and information. But uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Thanks, Wolf. So, yeah, my name is Zach. I go by Zelda Zach online quite often. And I've
2: dabbled in a lot of different magic projects, but one of my main projects is the MTG JSON project. I'm one of the founding members of the project, and I've been leading the efforts for the past two major revisions, which were revision four and revision five. Yeah revision five just came out, right? That was like it's like a month ago, right? Yep. We just published revision five. I published revision five oh one a few days ago with some bug fixes, but things are going very well and I'm
1: thrilled with how far we've come in the past few years. Yeah. No, I I love how easy it was to update honestly from V four to V five. I did it in like a day. It was great. Mm-hmm. So not to get too sidetracked because we'll I think we'll get into it further down. But as far as you're willing, you know, what's your background and how did you uh, kind of enter the, the realm of, of uh, MTG?
2: Good question. So I really started with MTG around the time M10 came out. I was going to day camp and one of my counselors really loved the game and was teaching all the campers. So I picked it up there. However, the way we were learning was a bit off. For one, he was a big fan of, to start the game, you can put all lands in your hand onto the battlefield, and then we'll begin. Oh and I never, under, I never understood it, and I'm like, okay, cool. So I get to start <laughs> with big things, and I just kept losing to dragons. So, <laughs> yeah. Afterwards, though, I really started playing Magic hardcore around Return to Ravnica, original Theros. Mm-hmm. 2013-ish is when I really started picking it up and understanding more about... What is magic? What does it mean more than just a simple card game? What's the community like? There's just
1: a lot to it. And I'm glad to be here now. Yeah. And so what, because obviously you're involved in a ton of projects. Uh, and one of the, the big things that I kind of harp on constantly is that there's not enough tech personalities kind of involved software wise and just in general with MTG. But you Definitely go contrary to that. Uh, so what made you want to involve like the software element into into Magic?
2: Yeah, you're on a different side than I am because in my opinion, there is so much development support in the Magic community just because of, at least from my angle, I get to interact with every different website, every content creator, every operator. and We just talk tech all day. And it's like, oh, we have a common ground in Magic and tech. Let's see what we can do together. But how I got involved really came about when i was at camp in between the m10 rtr time i was talking about before i always looked up card kingdom pricing for cards because i was always interested in magic cards actually had a value and what could you do with them and why are they so pretty looking so (laughs) after looking at card kingdom this is like 2012 2013 i'm like there's a lot to this game i can probably build something interesting I've been doing software since I was about 10 years old, always trying to reverse engineer things. And my first project was try to reverse engineer Card Kingdom. Didn't go as well as you expect,
0: <laughs>
2: but it led me down a path of there is no real way to get data for magic. And you, you can look at Gatherer, but Gather doesn't have any kind of API or way for other people to grab data from Gatherer seamlessly. And there's really no other project out there that helps the community. So I figured, okay, let's see what we can do. And I happened to bump into a few like minds and we worked together to come up with MTG JSON. Pretty awesome.
1: I mean, you mentioned too, uh, you started off by looking at prices for Card Kingdom. So I'm, I'm curious because I believe you guys instituted like pricing actually a while ago now, into Day JSON, but what are your feelings of like mixing the finance and like the player elements of a game? Because I know for the longest time, like pulling this card information was just that, it was really just the card information, but like the finance element versus like the players, like what are your thoughts on that?
2: It's a good question. For me, at least on my side of things, I understand that people see it as a game and I understand that people see it as an investment. I personally don't agree with seeing it as a full-time investment. Mm -hmm. But I, I understand that people want their collectibles to retain value. So I'm happy when things get reprinted, prices go down overall, even though I know like my foil damnation, the original printing, it was $80. Now it's much less. And I'm like, okay, that's not a huge deal. I'm glad people now get to play with the card. And I've seen things from all sides of it. I instituted pricing in JSON solely because people ask for it. They want to know price trends. And I'm mm-hmm. thrilled that I'm the only open source project and, frankly, the only API service mm-hmm. that gives free pricing data for a lot of major
1: sources on a daily basis. I'm going to be asking about that free element down later because that boggles my mind. <laughs> uh, it, again, this, this is me shilling your, your stuff here. But if you are at all interested <laughs> in looking at Magic Data, please use mvjson. It is free and it is so... So easy. Uh, fun fact, I actually, when I was learning SQL in my graduate program, I was constantly using MDG JSON as like my practice and play database. So I had a lot of fun with that. So thank you for that. But like one of the things that I'm curious about, like when I talk about the the finance and like the players, and especially on like the tools and the sites and just the, the elements that are, are kind of built as resources, is that I've personally found that a lot of like resources, like I don't know, the, the pricing informations that are, the pricing sites and just the tools that have been created have, I think, traditionally been kind of built for players by players and not so much that financial element. I feel like there's kind of a bit of a taboo in that. So it it was really, like, wonderful for me when I discovered, like, JSON and obviously we're going to touch on this. There's a number of other sites that you help out with that are are so wide open that you can really bend them to whatever kind of passion project interest that you want to do. And I just, I I think that's quite incredible, but I I always find it like an interesting, I don't know, pull back and forth in terms of like, what are you designing these tools for? Zekiel, you want to go?
0: I would be curious to ask how many different MTG outlets do you help out with? How many are you actively involved in? And then, you know, how many have you, you know, worked with passively or or initially or you know how how however many?
2: It's a good question. I've over the past few years, I've dabbled with almost every major site you could think of, but most of my work nowadays. You can see with MTG.JSON, which we've discussed, where I'm the maintainer and lead developer. But a lot of people don't know I'm also the maintainer and lead developer of the Cockatrice Project, which is an open source tabletop simulator to play Magic and other card games. And that's a great way for people who want to experiment with Magic but might not have the funds available for other platforms to just enjoy themselves. I also help maintain the draft website which is a way for players to draft magic of all varieties, many different sets, many different draft formats, bots, without bots, and a lot of great components. I work with the TCG Player community. I've worked with their staff directly for the past few years. I'm also one of the mentors in their program, so I help newcomers to their API and setup, just helping them get price data, card data, and all the great stuff that TCG Player provides. And the MTG Goldfish community, I'm the maintainer of the Twitch and Discord community, so I oversee the moderation teams and the Discord program just to keep things moving and ensure that we have a great and fun time. And a few other things just I uh, like mentioning. The Scryfall community, MTGJSON was the founding database for Scryfall. Even though they've migrated off at this point, we were at the start point, and I work with their staff closely to keep a good relationship. The Cube Cobra community—they're based off of the Scryfall API—and they do great works for the Cube community as well as Cube Tutor. And we also, speaking of Cube Cobra, there is an event we host or we're trying to host called CubeCon, which is where we rent out a facility similar to a Grand Prix and invite a bunch of people just to play cube and have a great weekend. And that'll hopefully be coming up next year.
0: Nice. Nice. I actually was planning on going to that. (laughs) I may still, we'll see depending on how this stuff goes out, but cool.
2: Yeah. There's a lot to
1: everything. I love it. The community is amazing. Yeah, see, it's very weird, Can you mentioned this in the beginning, we kind of had the, the different end of it. Because I don't know, when I was getting into it, my entry into like things tech and MTG was kind of through like quiet speculation discords and stuff, because I, I came at it from that financial angle. So I didn't get to see, <laughs> I didn't get to see all of this stuff that I, I don't think it's under the water. I just don't think I entered it at the right point. So it's it's really amazing. For me to at least see how many different projects there are out there and particularly just I mentioned this to you before but I feel like most players have used resources you've built and they probably or at least helped build and just don't even realize it and it's it's really cool for me to see that there is a, this close knit group that are working on all these different projects. I think it's cool.
2: Yeah. I love working on the back end of things. I'm very much under the radar at times with a lot of what I do, but I try to support everyone, everything I can, solely because it's a great game. It's an even greater community and I love to be a part of it.
1: I know Coda loves you, which is always the seal of approval for me. <laughs> um, uh, so <laughs> really curious to like, um, what are your favorite platforms to, to like, personally use? I mean, do, do you you use some of your own resources and just think, yes, this is perfect? Or like some of their, are, are there other ones that you utilize or that you're not directly involved with? Yeah. Great question.
2: So the first customer to your product has to be yourself. In order to be successful. So, I am a big player on the Cockatrice platform. I use Draft all the time, and MTG JSON powers all of my databases for magic related stuff. However, for projects that I'm not actually involved in, I've found Moto to be a quality platform. Even with its bugs, it still lets you play the game with the solid rules engine. I never really got into Arena personally solely because I use Mac based and Linux based platforms mostly, and mm-hmm. the program just came out for them, and i very swamped with how life has been new job and everything changing there are other uh, there are a few other great platforms out there there's untapped they're a great data resource platform for arena I love just analyzing what they pull in and understanding how they manage different decks for streamers it's an amazing platform that anyone who plays arena should really check out it can give you some cool stats about yourself and other than that there are just so many great projects that the community put together it's hard to name them all the magic development group, is so strong compared to other card games that everything just clicks if you have an idea there is either a project for it or you can find the place to build that project
1: <laughs> that's yeah it, it's yeah I, I do have to say um I, obviously I, i'm not too active in the MTG JSON like the discord but i do think it's kind of- Awesome. Fun fact that this Discord exists for folks. It's literally right on the site. You can go in. And I see all the time people are are kind of pinging Zach and and everybody in there just being like, this is the project I want to work on. Is there any idea of how I can go about it? And you get responses same day, which I think is kind of incredible. Kind of offshooting off of that, are there any ideas or or hopes for basically future ideas or platforms that, that you're kind of tinkering with right now or just kind of too swamped or any hopes for anything to be built in the future?
2: It's a solid question, and it comes down to, I always have a million ideas running through my head trying to come up with the next great thing. A lot of what I do never sees the light of day. I just tinker with new ideas, seeing what can happen. One of those mm-hmm. ideas that I was tinkering with was the price archive history that MTG Jason has. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I realized, what if I just come up with my own price archive system? No one else seems to have one, and it's kind of taboo for some reason. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. People want this data. Let's try to come up with it. And three to four months later, after signing a bunch of different data agreements with sites, I was able to publish that to the world. So I'm thrilled with how that one turned out. Unfortunately, right now, I don't have a lot of new things in the pipeline, but I'm always thinking and you never know what the next major product will be.
0: Being that you're involved in so many different projects and kind of working collaboratively with so many different people, I would be curious to ask... What are some of the benefits that you have from working in an open source environment generally versus some of the challenges that many people may not necessarily think of when it comes to either working with different people based on their projects or how you want to approach problem solving versus someone else? You know, just out of curiosity, kind of how do you navigate more about, you know, more of the people aspect of building stuff rather than just the actual code?
2: That's a very good question. Being in the open source community, you not only need hard skills, which are your software coding capabilities, but you need soft skills, your people management skills. And working with people in an open source community is very different. It's almost like a job because anyone anywhere in the world can audit your work and say, this sucks, or this is great. Thank (laughs) you very much. And that's happened to me plenty of times. There are a lot of examples of people saying, thank you for this. And also, why the hell would you do it this way, you incompetent bastard? (laughs) So you kind of learn, you have to have a tough skin to get through the open source community. But once you understand how it works and what goes on, it's a great place to learn, meet new people. A lot of the friends I've met, whether it's through my projects or just through random chats that I start on GitHub, are people I still talk to today, six, seven, 10 years later. It's a great place to go. It's very newbie friendly, especially when uh, special events run. For example, in October, DigitalOcean teams up with GitHub to run an event called Hacktoberfest, where new people are encouraged to go to repos, check out their ticket bases that are marked for this event, and try to contribute to a new project a few times, and get some swag for it as well. The community is a great place to get started for a new developer, and it's a great place for an experienced developer to lend their
1: ear and hand to what's going on. That sounds awesome. I mean, I uh... All of my stuff for MTG ban runs off of droplets on DigitalOcean, so I'm gonna have to swing by on that. Um, I'm just curious too, because you mentioned the, the the pricing index, and I'm positive, this will probably be in your documentation. I'm just asking out of curiosity right now, is that based off of TCG or is that like a collaboration of pricing information? I'm not sure if you can answer this, so please feel free. But is, is it like the same price information that like MTG stocks or Goldfish or any of these other sites would, would kind of base their graphs off of? Or just, just because I've seen all of these different sites seem to acquire their pricing information differently. So I'm just kind of curious how it kind of fits
2: in. Great question on that front. I've worked with MTG Stocks. Origin is a great guy. We had a data agreement with MTG JSON and V4 for a while, just to keep things flowing, understand the price trends and Mm -hmm. MTG Goldfish. I've worked with them in many different ways, but for price data, just to understand their usage trends and where they get data from. So MTG JSON, in my opinion, we pride ourselves on our documentation. Every single thing should be crystal clear for the end user. And there should be no doubts in your mind when reading my site. As such, for example, like when you're mentioning with prices, we break down exactly where our prices come from, how we collate them, and how you can easily access them. Currently, we get buy and sell data from TCG Player, Card Market, Card Kingdom, and ah. I should really read my own documentation sometimes (laughs) because there there are just so many different sources I pull data from and putting it all together is very important to get this information out for the community. My goal is to have a free and open source place where anyone can find information if they want to learn. There's going to be no barrier to entry for this card game under my
1: watch. That um, leads me kind of to my next question because it boggles my mind sometimes when I see store owners even and, and just very established We're people who have been around for a long time and they're they're kind of struggling on the tech side and all, all the time literally i'm just saying go to entity json so I, I think honestly a bit of flattery here i think what you've created has been a wild success in that it, it's so open for everybody and I, I think you've kind of touched on this and that you you want it to be open an open resource to everybody but it <laughs> I, I i don't know for me i'm so curious as to why don't you like charge for this i mean i know you guys have that patreon and stuff but like this just seems like such an incredible incredible resource for everybody to use and it's so versatile i mean and i, I would imagine just the constant need for updates and maintenance and just the, that constant pull on your time has it just become something that's just that that easy to upkeep or is it just that kind of the love of the community and just wanting to just forever keep this door open for everybody who who will come after
2: That's a very solid question, and to answer it's kind of tricky, but it comes down to I'm trying to build a resource and a legacy that can outlive me. I want to build something that someone else, if I were to go away or get tired of it, could easily come in spend a few days understanding the system and be ready to go as the new leader and maintainer. So every project I work on, I aim to leave it off better than I found it. MTG JSON 4 to MTG JSON 5 is a great example. V4 was, of course, the version built after V3. And Mm -hmm. I was doing a language transition, which means I was going from one programming language to another because I found some advantages in it and i didn't have a full design ready i'm just like okay i need to do this i need to meet <laughs> these requirements let's see what happens and it worked tm but mm-hmm. on the back side there were a lot of issues that made it very difficult to maintain and hard for new people to understand it so once v4 came out a few months go by and i realized huh if i were to go away for any reason this project would die here and now i need to fix that and that's where V5 development got started. The goal of MTGA Sun 5, while it also has some external changes for our users, internally, I redid the entire system and it follows proper data practices and understanding of system flow. So a new person can easily say, oh, I understand you're going from this place to that place to move prices, you're going here to here to get mana cost, you're going here to here to get types. I can fully follow your transition model. And just keeping a legacy going that way people can enjoy the community is my number one goal.
1: Yeah, I do have to say the documentation on NGJSON is spectacular. <laughs> Again, I, I'm kind of doing a lot of flattery here, but I, I really love the resource. And it was literally the thing that taught me SQL. So uh, I'm a huge fan of it. Are there, so, I mean, you mentioned that you, so you've just made it kind of open source or you've made it very well documented so that anybody else could kind of come in and kind of pick up the mantle. But does that also kind of allow, like, I guess my question is how often does somebody come in and actually like offer their time to, to also like make an improvement or, or like suggest ideas to, to kind of build upon it? I mean, you said that you kind of needed a thick skin, but I, I'm just curious as to how many act- how many people actually kind of walk in and are just like, I could do this for you, or I think this would be better, or just how often does that actually happen?
2: That's a great question. And I'm pulling up the numbers right now. Okay, so according to the MTG JSON history graph, I have had eight people contribute to the code base outside of myself. And how often does someone come by then every two to three months, maybe someone drops by and says, Hey, I see you're missing this here, or I've come up with a better way for this. Let me give you a hand. And they fire up one pull request, which is a change to the code base. Mm -hmm. or maybe they just open a few tickets, which are an issue tracker, so we know what's changing, what needs to change, how we can fix things. And over time, the issues build up, and then we just try to fix them through. MTG JSON, along with all of my other projects, currently run on a model of, I am overseeing everything that goes on, but if you want to help out, I'm more than willing to sit down with you, help you understand our code base, and get your first contribution in
1: just that's incredible to me that uh, that you have that much active like community participation that's uh, that's incredible
0: like the friendliest developer i've ever met you
1: know? Right. <laughs> i think this next question uh, i think is for you sure sure
0: as far as kind of back-end development for i mean obviously MTG JSON is based around magic but have you ever thought about expanding kind of you can know, kind of similar information into other card games, you know, whether that's Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, sports cards, uh, or any other realm in the uh, collecting world.
2: For sure. As you mentioned earlier, we have a Patreon and PayPal available solely because the project isn't self sustaining. I have recurring costs that I'm thankful I can afford to pay every month, but to put in the time and money is really challenging especially for me where i work a very high level job and it takes a lot out of me i've been meaning to get other card games in i've tinkered with hearthstone json and pokemon json the names are still pending but (laughs) i'm hoping to in the future once i solidify mtg json and it becomes self-sustaining both financially and code wise i could jump into another card game and start helping those communities Pokemon is really in need of help. There's one API network which is run by Andrew Backles, who I work with on the MTG JSON side of things sometimes, and we want to get a full-fledged database for everyone to use.
0: Mm-hmm. As far as kind of the the existing Discord community and MTG JSON as well as the Patreon you're talking about, for those who either passively use MTGJSON JSON or are able to support you or contact you, you know what would be the best ways to do that. I mean, obviously you have your Discord community, but You know, how can someone with either limited tech information either want to learn or limited tech experience want to either, yeah, either learn or come out and help or, you know, be affiliated with the project in any way? How would you, you know, advise someone to go about doing that?
2: For new people who want to get started, if you're brand new to code, MTG JSON might be a very daunting task, but I help people of all skill calibers find the right thing for them. Are you new to coding? Let's set you up with a a textbook, a guide, an example, and uh, your own project, for example, just to see what you can come up with. Do you have coding experience? Do you like magic? hmm, maybe we can find a ticket that's at your skill level and try to get you to solve it. With MTG JSON in all of my projects, I'm reachable anywhere and everywhere at any hour of the day. I've worked on several different time zones. Right now I'm in the Eastern time zone, but I also work right now out of the Pacific time zone and the Australia Eastern time zone. So I'm always around to help people. They could reach me at Discord, whether that's mtgjson.com slash Discord, whether it's cockatrice.us slash Discord, or if they just want to talk in general, they can email me, zach at mtgjson.com. Or, of course, by Patreon messages, because I always respond to people who support me. If you support me, I will gladly support you. And even if you don't have the financial means of supporting me, just showing your appreciation is
1: enough to keep me going on these things. You're involved in so many things. Do you do you still find the time to to play the game? Like, oh my goodness. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I know I played a game of EDH on Cockatrice maybe a month yeah. and a half ago. And before yeah. that, maybe a month and a half before that, I really need to play some more. I've... It's been really tough solely because I change jobs now, so that's taking a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. All the open source projects, I work about 40 hours a week on those in itself, so that's a lot of time. And I also started streaming a bunch of different games just to try and keep my community involvement up. It's a lot of fun just to see what the community does and play games with them. And they love it when I get very frustrated at losing at Fall Guys for the 130th time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And just listening to just all the, the things you're involved with, it, it makes me feel exhausted just hearing it. <laughs> it's yeah, wow. Wow.
0: <laughs> Out of curiosity, what would be, if you're looking back on this project, you know, what were the one or two major hurdles that you were stuck with and had to kind of get over and either you solved yourself or were able to find that answer collaboratively with you know other
2: members of the community? Ooh, that's a very, very good question. <laughs> a lot of MTG.JSON was originally solved by one of our developers, Rob. He left the project quite a number of years ago, but he was the original figure out or the idea man behind, what if we just scrape gatherer, grab that data, fix it up ourselves, and present it? That way users don't have to worry about managing their own data resource collection. And that was really the start of MTG.JSON we provide the data for you, we make your life easier. And the Mm -hmm. next hurdle was, um, we've mentioned it many times today about the pricing index of no one has price history that they're willing to share at least for free. And a big hurdle was getting all the companies to agree to data agreement plans where I can present data to the community free of charge, and they'll be willing to support my cause. And I'm thrilled that of the 550 something projects that use MTG JSON on a daily basis, I was able to sign an agreement with about a dozen of them. Just getting data back, it's a it's a uh, circular cycle that allows mm-hmm. us to keep upgrading our data, enriching our data, and giving our customers the best experience possible.
1: Mm-hmm. And what was the? I'm I'm kind of curious. What was the the pitch? Because I know when I kind of pull in the the information that I do, I I kind of I'm web scraping. So the idea that the, because you mentioned it, so many people are are so reticent to just kind of share their information. What what about just your project and just like your avenue of going about just making it open? Obviously you can't say for sure, but what kind of just convinced them to just say, you know, sure, do what you can with it, I I guess. It's a great question and I can't share all
2: the details around it, but I can share that I've spent a lot, a lot, a lot of years building up trust and credibility in this community to get the support Mm -hmm. of the community trust is hard to earn and easy to lose you need to have trust with your vendors and they have to have trust that you're going to build a solid product and release it back that way it's a win for every side so our goal overall is just try to build trust with the community and eventually once you get large enough and you have enough credibility they're more willing to work with you on different projects
0: Outside of your project in JSON, you know, what do you kind of envision the future of collectibles being as far as kind of the technology that's available? And what are maybe one or two things that, you know, the, the magic community itself, you know, whether that is as far as pricing data or individual cards could benefit from that may not necessarily be in your direct scope of expertise? or in your kind of direct pathway? Are are there any technological, you know, things that you'd like to see kind of change?
2: There's a lot to unpack in that question, so let's try to (laughs) take it piece by piece. (laughs) To start with, where do I see Magic going? I see Magic being a strong game, and provided they continue to have solid leadership and start catering to their mass players instead of their whales, I see this game being very prosperous in the future and continuing on. Technology-wise, I'm a real fan of what the Scryfall team is doing, what the Cube Cobra team is doing. It's just showing how individual projects are getting so large that they're starting to become the de facto. For Mm -hmm. example, Cardboard Live was an idea by one guy. He reached out. And we were able to put together a platform that is now officially endorsed by Wizards of the Coast. I provide the database for them. They do all of the Twitch work. It's a great combination where JSON not only helps power the community, but the community powers us because of how strong this game is and how it'll continue on in the future.
0: And then as far as any things, and again, and this, is, this could be anything, this could be VR, this could be AR, just as far as technological advancements or, or new technologies being Incorporated into kind of our community. Do you have any crazy, you know, thought experiments or any crazy things that you think would be an interesting project?
2: I've seen some very interesting projects that have been proof of concepts and betas, just trying to build magic in a more multiverse kind of way. No pun intended there, but (laughs) essentially get the Grand Prix experience at home. I've seen some augmented virtual reality components through a bunch of research done at multiple universities. Every time I get cited in a research paper for JSON, I take the time to read through it, provide pointers and feedback, just trying to overall understand what's happening. And I've seen some ideas, especially there was one paper at a Stanford university where they were trying to replicate the Grand Prix experience at home. So they were using an augmented virtual reality setup on a table to project your opponent's board state and record your board state. So essentially a spell table-like aspect, but with augmented virtual reality instead of webcams.
1: That's sweet. <laughs> so, I mean, we kind of touched on this, but uh, wh- where do you kind of see the the future of all of the, these projects that are currently in existence and just all of these kind of things that you've mentioned? Where do you kind of see them going in the next, like, five years or so in terms of, like, the, the tech and the, just the playability aspect of it?
2: I'll tell you, if I knew where they were going in the next five years, I would be a financial advisor or investor, (laughs) not a software engineer, because (laughs) trying to predict the future is the hardest thing you can do. The weatherman gets paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to tell me it's going to be sunny on Saturday and it rained. You never know what the future is going to hold, but I have a bright hope for magic in the future and all
1: of the things the development community puts out. That makes a lot of sense to me since I do a lot of time series analysis, but uh, <laughs> we, we got to we gotta try. The weatherman's got to try. I mean, you, you've you kind of talked about just constantly kind of expanding into new projects, but how do you kind of foresee all of these different projects interacting with your life, like 10 years in the future? Are you still going to be, do you think you're still going to be trying to um, kind of help out with all of them? Do you think you're going to try and become more and more kind of entangled in more and more projects? Or uh, do you, is there like a plan for the next 10 years?
2: I was asked this question in my job interview, and I'm (laughs) going to tell you the same thing I told them. I'm going to continue doing what I can do to help myself, help my friends and family, and help the community as best I can. The goal is to be altruistic, try to make life a little bit better for everyone else. Do I see myself doing MTG JSON in 10 years? Maybe. Do I see it evolving into something new, collaborative, maybe joining a different project? Maybe. Do I see myself joining Wizards of the Coast and rebuilding their entire system But there's a (laughs) lot of things that can happen and you never know what the future is gonna hold. I really see a lot of great things coming from the community. Over the next few years, as more sets get released and more product comes out, more developers join, I can see a lot of great things happening.
0: I wanna ask a, a little bit more of a human question. Just from what I've gathered from this conversation, you seem to be someone who has a lot of projects going, Runs on kind of pretty high octane. Seems to be always busy. Uh, Have your day job. You have all these side projects, uh, community involvement. How do you keep it going, right? In the days in which you are tired, or the days in which you know you things are not going as planned, how do you still find a way to be involved in so many different things? And um, you know, yeah, more than anything, like how, how does it? How do you keep? Being involved in all these projects for so so long, and also have you know your own separate life.
2: Ah, that's tricky. Well, it's it's a hard question to really answer. I don't drink coffee, so where does the energy come from? I really don't know, <laughs> but. <laughs> a driving thing. Everyone has their tick, their thing that makes them go. What are they aiming to do? And my real obsession is really my clients, my customers, my users, what are they doing? How can I make their lives better? Because the best thing for me to get is a random person, not even a developer, a random person, store owner, or anything, message me and says, hey, Zach, I use MTGJSON. I'd like to thank you for your work on the project. I sent you a small donation. And that's like, for me, at least, it's like, wow, I did something good. I'm a professional now, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm only 23. So there's a lot coming in the future as I keep learning, growing, and experimenting with a
1: lot of great technologies in the future.
0: Mm-hmm. Wolf, before we get to our final question, any other general questions for Zach here?
1: Uh, I guess on like the technical level, I mean, you're uh, you're you're kind of like a database expert <laughs> from what I've gathered. Just out of curiosity, just for my own, just to say my own curiosity, what are just all of the different like languages that you're kind of involved with that you that you kind of operate on?
2: So, programming languages are very different than English or uh, human-based languages solely because they're all very similar and they just have their small quirks. For example, MTG JSON is written in Python, which is mm-hmm. a great beginner language, and I picked that language solely because I expect newer people involved in the magic scene or looking for data will stumble upon this first and realize, hey, I can contribute back compared to some of the higher level languages like C++, which Cockatrice is based on, where it's a a very hard language to get involved in initially, but once you know it, you can get the groove moving. But most of my work nowadays revolves around Python for MTJSON, C++ for Cockatrice, and Java and similar frameworks for my day job. Amazing everything that you can build. It's yeah, amazing what I, I, you can do with a notepad and a terminal. Yeah, it really <laughs> is.
1: Yeah. So w- what is one piece of advice that you would give to, to someone kind of aspiring to utilize MTG to, to kind of further build their tech skills and, or just even enter into it since we've, we've kind of talked about it that a bit? If you're a developer and you're looking to do something
2: with magic, MTG JSON should be your first stop we will give you the database and the tools you need to be successful. Any kind of project you want to build can be built right off of MTG JSON as your base. If you're not a developer and you want to build something with magic, MTG JSON is your one-stop shop because (laughs) you don't have to think about it. You already have access to it. The only thing you need to learn is how do I access my database and just play around with it because you never know what you can solve. One of the research papers I was cited in, I believe it was in the University of Alabama, a data science student who has never coded before wanted to do a price analysis with regressions and stumbled upon MTG JSON. asked for some help. I lent him a hand. We tried to figure out what is he trying to do. And I set him up in such a way that he was successfully able to publish a paper. There's a lot of great things this community can put together, whether you're technical or non-technical, MTG JSON is for you.
0: Well, that seems like a, a great place to end.
2: <laughs> quite, the,
0: uh, quite the elevator speech. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the cast sack. We really appreciate it. Again, M2JSON is the place to go if you are interested in any technical project with regards to magic at any level of skill set. And then all overall, you know, I feel like I learned a lot. My favorite part of the conversation is kind of going back to your mindset. I can understand why this project is successful in the way that you answer your questions. You are very much. I'm going to, I've been asked this question. This is the answer. It will go like it's A, then B, then C. And I think that there's often a a very good skill trait for people who are in, um, you know, hard skills in software and and kind of on and beyond.
2: Yeah. I just love seeing what the community can do. I'm always reachable. I want to see people succeed because it's not I'm better than you or you're better
1: than me. It's we are better together.
0: Mm -hmm. Any final words, Chris?
1: No, I'm just I'm in awe. So uh, pardon me. But uh, no, I really appreciate you coming on and, and taking the time to to have this conversation with us. I mean, I'm a huge fangirl for MTG JSON. So I've I've loved every moment of this. So thank you. Glad to help. I
2: love just supporting a lot of great projects in the community and just the podcast. I've been on a podcast once or twice in the past, but this has really been a great experience. I'm glad to help you guys out. And if you guys want to reach out or if anyone in the community wants to reach out, I'm always available. Hit me up on Discord or email.
0: And what are those contacts again? Just the exact contacts where they want to do that?
2: If you want to reach me by Discord, it's just mtgjson.com Discord. Uh, I'm Zach1064, or you can email me, Zach at mtgjson.com. And of course, we have our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mtgjson. Even if you're non-technical and you want to support a good project out, I'd love your support. Awesome. Well,
0: thanks again for coming on, Zach. This has been another episode of the Collect and Spec podcast. I am one of your hosts, Akil, otherwise known as Merfolk Magic, and Chris is Wolf of Tin Street Online. You can find this podcast on your favorite podcast player as well as YouTube under Merfolk Magic. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next week.